Happy Friday, all of my amazing Bad Yogi friends, and welcome to the Bad Yogi Podcast with me, Erin Motz. If you're new around here, I talk about all things yoga, wellness, lifestyle, and pretty much anything that falls in between, mindfulness included. Actually, just now, I almost said mindlessness included, and I don't even know where that came from in my head, but the word was there. But no, mindfulness. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit about spirituality, because kind of, I stumbled into this topic by accident. Well, no, not by accident, but I didn't expect it to get such a reaction. Not too long ago on social media, I put out something about spirituality and God that, uh, just some questions to all of you. And the response seriously blew me away. I did not expect to get so many messages and I had no idea that it would spark such a conversation. So I wanted to kind of draw it out, um, draw out the conversation and make it a little bit longer and talk with you even more. I'm actually trying to like settle down and record this because we just put out our first ever, we opened registration for our first ever Bad Yogi Retreat, which is happening in October. And to be honest, I had I didn't know if it would sell. Uh, I really didn't know. Adrian, my partner, uh, said that he said that he thought it would sell out, and I was like, "Well, selling out that's a that's a lot to ask, you know." And but you know whatever we'll see. And an hour and forty minutes later, the entire thing was sold out. Everything. And so I've been joking that you know is this what Justin Bieber feels like when he sells out his concerts in like two minutes? <laughs> anyway, I might have like a few I don't know like a few hundred million fans to go before I can compare myself to Justin Bieber, but <laughs> I am just beyond excited to get to know everybody a little bit better and to do yoga in person with a lot of you since we, we're kind of like friends online, but we've never met in person, so it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. But okay, let's get to the meat, the point, Aaron. Move on, move on. We're all mad that we can't come to the retreat because it's sold out, so get on with it, will ya? <laughs> so as I was saying, The other day, I decided that I was going to have one of those conversations everyone tells you not to have. You know, it's like, it's kind of understood that you should never talk about religion or politics in, you know, polite company. This is what everybody always tells you, right? And when I'm around people I don't know, or I don't know well, I totally agree. But when I'm around people I do know and I enjoy talking to, I actually love talking about this stuff. Um, I don't find it distasteful or controversial because I think as long as we keep it open and non-judgmental, even when we disagree, it's good to talk about these things. You know, I, I personally just don't find it that big of a deal to talk about God or spirituality or what your beliefs are versus mine. It doesn't rile me up in the least. Um, but I want to give you some context for, you know, why I'm bringing this up. And I've been on a bit of a spiritual quest for a while now and I've wanted to share it with you lately but I just wasn't sure how. Um, So let me back up a little bit and I'll I'll give you some background. Um, I mentioned on social media that I was raised in a Catholic church. So I went to Catholic school for about 10 years and while I personally I didn't have any really bad experiences there, nothing ever sunk in with me. So I, I didn't witness like the worst that Catholicism has been in the news for. I I never, the school that I went to wasn't like super judgmental or harsh with us. Uh, It just, 
that's really the best I can describe it, you know? I just felt like nothing really jived with me. I guess a different way to say that is that none of the teachings truly resonated, right? So I learned a lot of things and I adhered to all of the rules for that time. I did everything that you would do in a Catholic church. I got confirmed when I was like 14 um, or so, somewhere around there. But even though I adhered to everything, none of that stuff like imprinted on my soul you know and for a long time I thought that's just what religion and spirituality was it just felt superficial to me it it felt like an external set of rules being imposed not inherent truth being transferred if that makes sense so when I got to high school which was not Catholic I went to public school I met a lot of different people with different beliefs and way different life experiences and around that time, I also started getting really interested in politics and the world we lived in. And so I saw all of these problems, all of these inequalities and injustices and people behaving wrongly. And I thought, you know what? Maybe God doesn't exist. Why would God allow for all of this? And being the kind of punk rock rebel that I was, fake punk rock rebel, I should add, <laughs> I kind of declared my th myself atheist for a while. And even just saying that out loud right now I, I totally roll my eyes because it's so far from where I am today but I'll get to that later so you can imagine that like as a teenager I, I questioned all of this stuff and I really believed that religion was just bullshit spirituality was unimportant and not real and you couldn't convince me otherwise and even though I say that from like a really that sounds like a really aggressive stance to take I didn't I didn't feel defensive of that I, I didn't feel like I had to correct any Christian to being atheist you know like I didn't have this feeling that I needed to change people's mind I just that's just what I thought you know that's just what I, I believed about the world and the only things that were real to me could be quantified and were tangible and so that's what I believed in and eventually I softened my views from being atheist to being agnostic but it wasn't until I was about 19 or so that everything just shifted so I feel like I have to warn you about this next thing. This, this is seriously going to sound like the most basic white girl story ever. And I, you know what I mean, okay? So, like, you know when you met those people in college who went to Paris for two weeks, and then they come back, and every single thing that they say starts with, well, you know, in Paris, or someday I'm going to move there, <laughs> You know, like just these kinds of things. So just so you know, just so you're fully aware, my upcoming story here is going to be at the same level of like intolerably annoying as those Paris stories, okay? So, I mean, you've been warned, you know? You have. So sit back. Because <laughs> first you need, to, now before I get to that story though, there's like subtext, subcontext, subcontext. You first need to understand my love of Oprah. I love Oprah in a totally serious, non-ironic sort of way. I just seriously love and have so much respect for her having done what she's done, uh, you know, how much she's overcome, how she's a friggin' billionaire, how how much good she does with her wealth and her influence. I even love that she's chosen to stay unmarried and not have children. I mean, I just, I applaud people who play by their own rules, especially when it's difficult to do so. So I watched the Oprah show every single day, like from the time I was probably 12 years old until it went off the air. It was just, it was my routine that I'd come home from school, I'd pour myself a glass of Pepsi with ice, 
and I would grab a box of Cheez-Its that was like inevitably in our pantry and I would sit down in my room and watch Oprah and this was my routine until I went off to college and I was so disappointed that I'd occasionally miss Oprah because I had to be in class so I'd record it but one day I just happened to skip class no not in order to watch Oprah it just happened that I skipped class and I ended up being home for the Oprah show and Liz Gilbert was on with her new book Eat Pray Love so I had been looking for something new to read and just something kind of recreational and light so I decided okay I'm gonna pick up this book Eat Pray Love and I just dove right in I went to the actual bookstore because I didn't have a Kindle and <laughs> that wasn't really a thing at this time. So I went to the bookstore, got this book and I just dove in and I devoured it. It ended up complete. Here's the intolerable part. All right. It ended up completely shifting how I thought about faith in God. And it's because the way she wrote about hearing God speak to her really struck me because despite being agnostic, I knew exactly what she was talking about when she spoke about God speaking to her. And suddenly my doubt was confronted by the fact that I did know something different. So I'm going to share with you the passage that struck me. It's a couple pages, so bear with me here, but I'm going to pick up just at this one part. So she says, Of course, I've had a lot of time to formulate my opinions about divinity since that night on the bathroom floor when I spoke to God directly for the first time. Side note, as if you don't know the book, she's basically agonizing in her life when she turned 30 and she didn't know if she should leave her marriage or not, even though it was a, he was a great guy, but they didn't want the same things. So this is a time in her life where she is struggling. She has no idea what to do, what is right, what is wrong. Is she a freak, basically? So this is the context for it. Okay, back to Liz. In the middle of the night, dark November, in the middle of that dark November crisis, I was not interested in formulating my views on theology. I was interested only in saving my life. I had finally noticed that I seemed to have reached a state of hopelessness and life-threatening despair, and it occurred to me that sometimes people in this state will approach God for help. I think I'd read that in a book somewhere. When I said to God through my gasping sobs was something like, Hello, God? How are you? I'm Liz. It's nice to meet you. That's right, I was speaking to the creator of the universe as though we'd just been introduced at a cocktail party. But we work with what we know in this life, and these are the words I always use at the beginning of any relationship. In fact, it was all I could do to stop myself from saying, I've always been a big fan of your work. I'm sorry to bother you so late at night, I continued, but I'm in serious trouble. And I'm sorry I haven't ever spoken directly to you before, but I do hope I've always expressed ample gratitude for all the blessings that you've given me in my life. This thought caused me to sob even harder, but God waited me out. I pulled myself together enough to go on. I am not an expert at praying, as you know, but can you please help me? I'm in desperate need of help. I don't know what to do, and I need an answer. Please tell me what to do. Please tell me what to do. Please tell me what to do. And so the prayer narrowed itself down to that simple entreaty, please tell me what to do, repeated again and again. I don't know how many times I begged. I only know that I begged like someone who was pleading for her life, and the crying went on forever. Until, quite abruptly, it stopped. Quite abruptly, I found I wasn't crying anymore. I'd stopped crying, in fact, in mid-sob. My misery had been completely vacuumed out of me. And I lifted my forehead off the floor and sat up in surprise, wondering if I would now see some kind of great being who had taken my weeping away. 
But no one was there. I was just alone. But not really alone either. I was surrounded by something I can only describe as a little pocket of silence. A silence so rare that I didn't want to exhale for fear of scaring it off. I was seamlessly still. I don't know when I'd ever felt such stillness. And then I heard a voice. But don't be alarmed, it was not an Old Testament Hollywood Charlton Heston voice, nor was it a voice telling me I must build a baseball field in my backyard. It was merely my own voice, speaking from within my own self. But this was my voice as I'd never heard it before. This was my voice, but perfectly wise, calm, and compassionate. This is what my voice would sound like if I'd only ever experienced love and certainty in my life. How can I describe the warmth and affection in that voice as it gave me the answer that would forever seal my faith in the divine? The voice said, go back to bed, Liz, and I exhaled. It was so immediately clear that this was the only thing to do. I would not have accepted any other answer. I would not have trusted a great booming voice that said either, you must divorce your husband or you must not divorce your husband because that's not true wisdom. True wisdom gives the only possible answer at any given moment. And that night, going back to bed was the only possible answer. Go back to bed, said this omniscient interior voice because you don't need to know the final answer right now at three o'clock in the morning on a Thursday in November. Go back to bed because I love you. Go back to bed because the only thing you need to do for now is get some rest and take good care of yourself until you do know the answer. Go back to bed so that when the tempest comes, you'll be strong enough to deal with it. And the tempest is coming, dear one, soon, but not tonight. Therefore, go back to bed. In a way, this little episode had all the hallmarks of a typical Christian conversion experience. The dark night of the soul, the call for help, the responding voice, the sense of transformation. But I would not say that this was a religious conversion for me, not in that traditional manner of being born again or saved. Instead, I would call what happened that night the beginning of a religious conversation, the first words of an open and exploratory dialogue that would ultimately bring me very close to God indeed. Right? I know. So this, this passage made me stop. I remember I looked up from the book, I was sitting in my bed, and I looked up from the book and I looked out my window and it was like, it was like realizing I had a roommate for the first time, but it had been here for eternity. I just never noticed. I felt what she was talking about, that quote voice, you know, that comes from inside. It felt like that voice said to me, sup, I've always been here and you've always known. And it just felt light and easy. And in that moment, I started to understand God not as a white bearded man with a cane and a sheep sitting in the clouds waiting to judge us, but a presence that exists in everyone. A common thread connecting every being and all matter in the universe. Someone actually recently asked me why anyone would need God when science is already magical. And to me, God isn't magic. God is God. And I agree that science is riveting and eye-opening and important, and sometimes it feels so perfect that it does feel like magic. But spirituality and God gives language to the stuff that science can't explain. I mean, to me, you can have soulless science and mindless religion, and both are harmful. But each can inform and complement the other really nicely if we just leave room for both. 
So, I mean, I didn't have a dramatic conversion from atheism to, like, being a born-again Christian. But this moment of realization set me on a journey to start searching for a different perspective of what God means. And I guess over the last 11 years or so, I've kind of formulated an image of God that's different from the one that was forced on me as a kid. Uh, I've come to understand a different kind of God than I first learned about when I was younger. It's like, you know, my, my prayer isn't always on my knees in supplication. Sometimes my prayer is in the form of a gratitude meditation or a stream of conscious writing session or doing something in my life that aligns with my purpose, you know? Like, for me, church can be actual church or it can be listening to something that builds my spirit via a podcast or a long walk in nature or a conversation with my husband about spirituality. Today... Not only can I say that I believe in God, but I am certain we are not alone in this universe. I am certain that each of our lives has meaning and was intentionally placed here at the time that it was. And don't worry, okay, you don't need to email me trying to convince me of the merits of science because I believe in science too. I think science and spirituality complement each other beautifully. So, I guess this is just a little sliver of what I personally believe, but I'd encourage each of you to be active in your pursuit of understanding your own beliefs too. So I'm not even talking for, you know, like looking for proof that what I'm saying specifically is correct, but asking yourself what you believe and more importantly, why you believe it, you know? Don't be afraid to peel back the layers and see what's there. Don't be afraid of doubt. Don't be afraid of sounding stupid or evangelical. So many of us like to qualify our beliefs, you know, like, I believe in X, but not Y because. A lot of times our differences are just semantic, but at the end of the day, we're all sort of talking about the same thing. There's always more overlap than we think. So I'm going to leave you with that for now. That's kind of your, your homework assignment this week is to question. Um, ask yourself why you believe what you believe, where those beliefs came from, and I would even encourage you to have a open conversation with someone you're close with about this, not as an argumentative kind of thing, just out of curiosity, out of the desire to get to know the people around you. Um, as usual, I definitely would love to hear from you, so feel free to shoot us an email at help at badyogi.com with your thoughts. And I do my best to reply to as many of these as possible, but even if I don't reply, know that I do read everything you send, so I see it. Uh, you can also shoot me a direct message on Instagram. I am at badyogiofficial there as well. If you like Bad Yogi and you want to see more where this came from, remember you can find all things free, resources, classes, and everything else at badyogi.com. You can check out my eight-week yoga program, PBYP, that's perfectbodyyogaprogram.com where we believe that the perfect body is really just the healthiest version of the body you already have. And lastly, I have a studio, a digital studio at studio.badyogi.com where I have a constantly growing library. I add brand new full-length classes every single week and exclusive challenges and series go in there as well. So thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you all right back here next time time.